So when they come, greetings from the beautiful Chiang Mai, Thailand. <laughs> Yay! We are with one of my original friends in Chiang Mai. We met two years ago, Stephen. Yay! What's happening? What's happening, man? Good to be Yay! here with you. From the Bay. Yeah, man. Good mm. to have you on. Uh, this was a long time coming, but this is appropriate that we're doing this now because uh, Stephen is now, uh, I'm calling him Young Buddha now because he actually just got back mm. from a two-month uh, excursion in Nepal. So I wanted to bring him on because I actually started my little Buddha Buddhist journey my second year in college and I've always called myself a Buddhist kind of ever since then just the Buddhist philosophy and and I was just curious to learn more about his trip personally so I wanted to bring him on and say hey why not just tell me about it in a podcast um so yeah first of all like I always do tell everyone like where you're from your background how did you get out to Chiang Mai in the first place mm. we met at the conference uh, two years ago and then yeah a little bit about like what you do online and how you came to the Nepal thing yeah awesome um keep it pretty brief uh, I was born and raised in San Francisco my parents are from China and um, pretty much uh, lived 20 minutes outside of San Francisco and growing up in the suburbs it was um, you know just a typical American lifestyle and uh, my parents the media friends family all around um, there's there's kind of a a way of living that they expect everybody to to go through um, say so it's basically just like you get good grades then you go to college then you get a good job then you raise a family the there's kind of like a, a set timeline on all of these and now it's it's changing a bit because culture itself is changing quite rapidly um, but eventually um, I went to college and for myself I just didn't feel like um, it was for me uh, I didn't feel like the things that we're learning were going to be applicable for what I actually wanted to do in life and at that time I didn't even know but at the same time it was like I don't feel like this is the direction I want to go and um, at the same time I was I was uh, also selling some things on eBay so I was making some money on the side in college already so I was like you know you don't really in my mind it, it already instilled something saying like you don't really need to get a degree to learn how to make money or yeah, to, right? to make money itself money. Um, I just uh, so I decided to just make a shift make a change in life and um, that's when I started to travel and venture off and um, uh, my first trip was to uh, Peru to the Amazon jungles maybe we'll get into that later um, but after that I lived up in mount mountains in China and uh, eventually you know I was living off of savings so I started running out of money I, I looked online and saw that there was a big group of digital nomads making money online so mm. I decided to come out to Chiang Mai and, and uh, you know 
just to make some money so that I can continue my okay, journey. Okay, so when you found out about Chiang Mai, you were in China? I was in China, yeah. Oh, what, you were living up in the mountains in there too? Yeah. Oh, so you've done this thing before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, he's it's, way it's more been, advanced than I thought. It's been uh, quite a journey. What did you, what was that like briefly? Like, What was it like? Um, you know, I, I grew up watching like those Chinese Kung Fu films, yeah? Mm -hmm. So it was... Um, Probably like one of those. One of those, and it was, it, it was not just, it was a mix of martial arts and spirituality combined together. Sweet. And the place that I went to is pretty well known in China. Um, if, if you've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the main character is from that mountain. Oh. And supposedly the the tale is the birthplace of Tai Chi is from that area. Just basically picture the most beautiful place in China and yeah, that's where you were. Yeah, okay. so it was, it was a great experience. Um, went there and basically it was, well, I, I didn't really know uh, where in China I was going to be when I first got there, but mm -hmm. it was just three months of exploration and I was basically looking for a teacher that can that can teach me uh, you know the some, light teach me yes. show you the light exactly I get you teach me the ways um, teach the young Buddha like <laughs> that would be sick if you like learned kung fu and you're like up there like like at a kill bill or something you're just getting yeah, trained yeah. like just ah! <laughs> oh, come out a kung fu master with yeah. the fucking samurai sword um, so to understand why he started vagabonding, if you don't know what that is, it's because he read vagabonding. Mm. So, um, like, tell people like what that book is, kind of, and mm. like how it influenced you and what it's all about. So, and like how you found it. Mm. So back in college, I was, um, I think, one of the pastimes was just going to the bookstore and just exploring different types of books and um, one of the ones that I ran into was four hour work week by Tim Ferriss and <laughs> a bow to the, to the mighty Tim Ferriss um, <laughs> and at that time it was just very mind-expanding um, because he was talking about the new rich and the old rich in different ways of making money and he was showing or in there it was it was saying that he was making X amount of dollars per month while living abroad not really working and I was like is is this guy for real but yeah, I, I, I questioned but at the same time you know I, I wanted to explore more um, and and it actually did make quite a bit of sense to me because I was doing the eBay business at that same at the same time and I mean even then uh, there wasn't that much work to do. It was basically create the listings, put it up. Once it sells, I just mailed it out. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was still not that much time required to do that. And so, um, you know, I, I believe that it worked. And from there, he talked about a book called Vagabonding. And this is basically just about uh, long-term travel. Um, living abroad and, and just exploring and how how it can expand your consciousness and, and the way that you view life starts to change because you start to 
see that the, the culture in the area that you live in, that's not all there is to life. There's so many different ways to live. And when you start to explore more and more and, and see more and more, then you start to open up to more and more possibilities. So. Absolutely. And the, the thing that I kind of uh, see is you had that exploratory gene from the get-go because you were just exploring in the library. You know, one of those people mm. that just like, they, they need to explore. Mm. And I, I feel like that's a lot of us and like that's me too. Like I wanted to be an astronaut and an archaeologist mm. like as a little kid. Like I always pictured myself like Indiana Jones, like in Egypt, like digging up some stuff, exploring some temples or <laughs> some cool. pyramids. So yeah. cool that we're like both vagabonding, like mm. now expressing that gene or that desire. Mm. Um, I mean, ultimately, all this exploration is really just exploring yourself. When it comes down to it, every place I go, it's like I'm seeing new things, but at the same time, it's unlocking and unraveling parts of me that I didn't know and I wasn't aware that was there before. But now from these experiences, it's like things are starting to open. Right. And that's a perfect segue into the Nepal thing. So how did you decide on Nepal? Like, I know you told me that that's where Buddha is supposedly from. Yeah. Um, like one of the most beautiful places in the world. If you guys know, don't know where, what mm. Nepal is, it's the Himalayas. It's um, between like China and India, right? Mm. And um, yeah, what was that like? Like, right, like I met him, the or we were at this dinner the day he came back and I was just like, dude, like, are you enlightened now? Like, what yeah. did you see? Like, how deep did you get in meditation? So I'm curious about all that stuff. Like. Were you, did you have like a meditation like teacher mm. and like what was your living situation and like what did you do? Enlighten us. Uh, that was quite a bit of questions, but I'll, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, just let go. it flow. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, this journey was actually quite spontaneous because uh, before that, I, I had, um, I wasn't sure where. I wasn't sure where I needed to be, and uh, I was—I remember I was on Copenhagen in one of the uh, Thai islands, and there was one day I was—I was just a bit confused because it just didn't feel that I was supposed to be there at that moment. Um, I needed to to kind of, uh, and again, this—all of this is—we'll we'll get to that point later. But anyways. Yeah. There was one night, I was walking on the beach, I was all by myself, and I look up, looking at the stars, just exploring, and then I see um, a cluster of stars that look like an arrow, and I was like, wow, that's fascinating, I I wonder where that goes. No way. (laughs) Pulling you to Nepal? (laughs) Well, at at the time... (laughs) At the time, I, I, I had um, two choices in mind. Uh-huh. One was Rishikesh in India, and the other one uh, was Bali. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm either going to go here or there. And at the time, there was, I, I was still working through some, some 
impulses. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I wanted to go to Bali because for me, Bali seems more fun. It seems like they're, you know, in Ubu, there's a bunch of yoga people just running around, kind of just exploring, having fun. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I wouldn't be able to go as deep as I wanted at that time there. Right. Because um, it just would have been more stimulus. Yeah, for sure. Le- way less distractions. Exactly. Yeah. While Rishikesh, I was kind of just like, I, I want to go, but there was resistance to going there because I felt like that was just straight diving deep within. Um, and so I looked up, I saw that arrow, and then I was like, okay, let's pull out my phone, got the Google Maps, and then there's an arrow on there. So I started pointing <laughs> no towards, that, towards that, uh, that arrow. And then I, I'm starting to expand the map to see like, okay, where is this going? And I, as I expand, I see it going towards uh, Rishikesh. And as I found that out, because I didn't want to go, I was like, fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck. I was like, I was, I was kind of like, ah, why? Um, <laughs> so, so I was just like, in my mind, there, there's still this uh, constriction where I was like, ah. You know, I guess I'm supposed to go there. Um, Skirt. So, after a little while, um, things started to flow, and Mm -hmm. life was happening. And eventually, one day, I met up with uh, one of my buddies, and uh, we took a substance that took us on a little journey. Um... It's the same one. Was that DMT? No, no, no. Okay. It's, it was uh, something else. So basically, okay. we took that substance, and my start, my heart just started to open up, and I can just feel just love just radiating through me, uh, within me out. Boom, boom, boom. And that specific day, I decided to just message a bunch of people. So I messaged my family. I messaged friends. Um, and uh, one day, not one day, but uh, one of the girls I messaged, she replied to me and she was like, oh, where are you? What are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm in Chiang Yeah, I was in Chiang Mai at that time. I, I went from Copenhagen, flew down. And um, basically she was like, where are you? I was like, I'm in Chiang Mai. And she's like, ah, come to Pokhara. And I was like, well, what's it like in Pokhara? So she started to explain what it was like there, and and for me at that moment it started to click. Is that in Nepal? It's it's in Nepal. Oh, so so it started to click. It started to like everything. Just like mm-hmm. that she was saying was like things that I was saying to myself before, where I was like, I'm looking for this place, mm. and she described it, and I was like, this is where I need to go. And in terms of, of the arrow, I don't think it was pointing towards Rishikesh because Rishikesh is actually really close to Nepal. So I think if that sign, maybe, maybe this is all made up as well, I don't know. Yeah. But in my mind, it was like, where is this? Anyways, 
You just gotta take the flow. Look for exactly. any sign that you can. Exactly. And yeah, take the flow. Yeah. And um, for about two, three months, I was kind of confused and not and hesitating about going to different places. But when she explained it, that to me, I pretty much booked the plane ticket that night. Whoa! And peace. I was on on the way. And um, yeah, I think at uh, at that time I was supposed to be in Nepal. Um, and uh, you know, life <laughs> life is a very fascinating journey. You know. Oh yeah. And and you. You, at least before, I, I tried to construct and I tried to plan. Let's say I, I started out maybe, maybe 10, 15 years ago. I started with five-year plans. And after a while, five years is way too long. You can't really predict five years. Mm -hmm. Then I started doing one-year plans. Yeah. And then as time goes on, it goes from one year to six months to three to one to yeah. now it's almost daily. Now it's I'm, what am I gonna have for dinner tonight? Plan. What am I gonna have? <laughs> what am I doing tomorrow? I mean, you know. Uh, now things are just flowing, and uh, let's talk about Nepal. Yeah. So, so you get there, and you know a friend there. I get there, I know friends, and um, get to Pokhara, beautiful place in Nepal. Um, I meet her up, so but at, way up, like in the mountains, like Pokhara. Get there. Pokhara itself. Is there an airport or what? Well, you can fly. I flew from Chiang Mai. Or I'm sorry, not Chiang Mai, Bangkok, to Kathmandu, which is um, uh, Nepal's capital. And in Nepal, it's actually half mountains and half like foothills. Okay. And then um, so. Flew directly from Kathmandu to Pokhara, met her up, um, but I think she was, she was someone that was supposed to bring me to the place. Mm -hmm. um, but after that, I had to do the exploration. Um, so met her up a couple times, and after that, it, it's kind of like a in in the very base city of Pokhara. It's it's very touristy, at least the place I was at. And after one to two days, I was just like, mm, I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, I I, I've seen enough of this all yeah. around the world. But um, eventually I saw that there's just amazing treks. Yeah. I had no idea that uh, the Annapurna circuit that I did is very well known to trekkers. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a two week. Oh, this this was amazing. This two week trek around, two the, week around the Himalayas. So basically the, you, you day one, you just hike. And what's amazing about this trek is that there are guest houses almost everywhere. Yeah. So it's like you just walk, 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 and you see all these beautiful things. And what's what's amazing about Annapurna Circuit is that the uh, the environment changes like almost every other day. Like in the very beginning, it was just like it was kind of like forest like. Uh -huh. And then you start climbing, climbing, and then you just see like snow and ice mountains. And then you keep going, going, and it's almost like desert-like. You're like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> it's like, but I'm, I'm trying to recollect now kind of my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let, it, let it out. But it was, it was, 
almost like a quest mm -hmm. because even by day by day two or three you know i was just trekking along having fun but what ended up happening was um my knee kind of uh caves inwards mm -hmm. because i have a flat foot on my right knee yeah so eventually after constant da, 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 walking uh, about six seven hours a day yeah, Jesus. eventually my knee started to feel that that aching pain and within my mind it was just like ah, i remember that day it was there's three different voices going on huh and uh so when you when you start to become more and more aware you, you start to to become aware that there are different characters being played within you so i'll describe this one situation so you might understand that there was uh the fearful character the one that was worried right so this one it would it would manifest into becoming something like oh fuck you know i mm -hmm. i have another like 10 days mm -hmm. left in in this trek you know if i continue you know i might damage severely my knee yeah it could it took it may take years to to um to help yeah so that was kind of like the worried voice or the worried character there's another one that was more of the the strong ego so it was like you know what fuck that shit let's go let's go <laughs> fuck it you know if feel the pain and just keep going yeah you know so there was like man up go man up yeah. you know so th there was that voice that came up and then I've, I've started to develop, for me, myself, I, I call it the, the wisdom voice. And this one's... For this one, I feel like it's not just a voice, but it's something that you feel. And that day, I, I listened to this one. And this one was just like, this is where you're supposed to be just keep going and so from this I was like okay I'm going to not be worried and and go back I'm not going to forcefully go ahead but there's something deeper that says this is my journey right now let's go and I'll continue yeah. that uh, so your three voices, you decided to go forward into the trek. Are you by yourself, by the way? Uh, I decided for most of the trip, about 85% of the time, I was I was solo. Just trekking? Yeah. Uh, but is you have it, a map or what? Yeah, you got a, you got a basic map. Um, but I mean, on the trail itself, during busy seasons, you'll just run into people. And yeah. um, if it's easy, if you wanted to join people, I mean, you just kind of connect with them and just continue forward. But for me, um, this was kind of uh, a journey into my own mind and my own being. So I wanted kind of that space for me to kind of just be be present and aware. For sure. Yeah. So let's get into that, like the meditation. Like um, in these guest houses, are there like monks and stuff all up in there? And do you see like temples everywhere and meditating and do you just go by yourself and meditate yeah. or can you go to like meditation retreats yeah um 
and the guest houses itself i mean it's it's mainly just for trekkers especially on the way but uh in nepal there are many 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 uh temples they call it gompas um all around um and i'm there are certain ones that you can learn meditation you can talk with them uh for me for this particular trip i didn't um go to many of them uh, i decided to i've uh at at this time i felt like i already know enough uh for me to to continue on my journey up to a certain point um so i trekked and uh it was supposed to only be about two weeks but there was a um you know i i, I decided i didn't want to rush this circuit mm -hmm. You know, I, I kind of just wanted to enjoy and, and be and wherever I felt like I wanted to be. If I want to stay here for a certain time longer, I would do that. And about towards the end of it, there's a place called Mutinath, which I found to be quite a special place. Cool. For me, it was, it was uh, quite special. And I, so I decided to stay there for quite some time. Mm -hmm. um, was the name of the place again? Uh, for those that will find it, will find it. Okay. <laughs> secret, guys. But, no, not really secret. It's just, uh, I, I don't want to name certain places because everybody has their own journey. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own places to go. For me, particularly, I felt like that was the place I was supposed to be at that time. So, there, there's... Mm, there's kind of this uh, uh, herd mentality where it's like when someone hears about a, like a special place, um, they tend to want to go there and, and seek the same thing. But everybody has their yeah. own route to take. Yeah, it's going to come to you. Exactly. Um, so for me, this particular place, I stayed for quite some time. And, you know, I, I ended up um, staying in my room most of the time and meditating for about six to eight hours every day pretty much every day there for like how long like a week or what? uh up there in that particular place it was about a month in that um, place a month in that place so for a month you're meditating every day six to eight hours range ranges about there yeah um whoa was there like a a monk up there like helping you or like what was that wow what was that like I mean I, I've done similar things before so it, it's it's intense but because I've done let's say like a 21 day Vipassana here in Thailand mm. um, it's, it's similar you know and you know it, it's it's funny because it it seemed like a very long time, but if you if you really just mm -hmm. become more aware in life, you will understand that there is this outer world. Yes, uh, can touch, can touch, can feel, can see everything. Yeah. But when your eyes are closed, here's a whole different experience. You know. 
and then you start to really understand the inner world, the, the, who you really are, you know? A lot of people actually don't want to do this because, uh, especially in the very beginning, not just the beginning, but quite some time, you're usually dealing with your shit. You're usually dealing with all the, the pains and the death. So all most day, people would day. most people would rather just kind of stay out here and go about here. Yeah, it's another level, man. It's another world. But when you really just close your eyes and you just breathe and, and you just go in, you start to explore all the different parts of you breathing deeply and then you start to see oh whoa what is this why can't I why do I feel like when I breathe I'm getting stuck here and then you keep breathing and keep breathing you relax and and I mean there's many I'm not going to get into techniques right now but when you start to explore then you start to unravel all the 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 fears the worries the because in the end, the fears and the worries, they're, they're actually tangible within yourself. Mm. You can feel stress. Oh, fuck. Uh, do, you, do you feel that lockup? Uh, yeah? Mm. You can feel the worry in the face. And, uh, it's like, uh. and all of these, um, I don't want to label it negative or whatever, but let's, mm -hmm. let's make it easy. All of these negative emotions are very constricting. Mm -hmm. They start to lock your body up. They, and for me, what I found is they're not natural. Totally created. When, when, when you're a natural being, you're just flowing. Your, your energy is just moving. But then these things, these anger, these uh, when you're too much in your head, da, 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 then everything starts to lock up. It's very fascinating because if you watch animals, they're they're very fluid in the way that they move. Somehow only only humans get like stiff, you know. Like I'm gonna get up. And and for me, I'm I'm starting to find out that it's it's. It's uh, repeated patterns over and over that was created that you're supposed to walk a certain way. Yeah, like that you were saying at dinner, yeah. You know, well, I mean, <laughs> the stick maybe I, I, yeah, maybe I told you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did tell you. So basically, one of the, the things um, that I experimented with on my trek was while I was walking, I was like, uh, why do I walk this certain way? Mm -hmm. Is it because I'm trying to walk proper. Huh. My mind has created this specific way of walking to walk properly. Yeah? And then, so I decided to kind of loosen those boundaries. Instead of walking properly, I want to get to this destination, but what if I just um, uh, take out the boundaries of property and mm -hmm. just walk and see what happens mm -hmm. and at that time <laughs> you know I was walking walking and then all of a sudden my body was kind of just moving how it wants down the road feels <laughs> <laughs> flippity flowity and what I found was 
that when I let go of that constriction of walking properly, at I mean, at that specific time of walking, it looked very fucking awkward. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I have... There, there are still blockages within my body. And then so as I was walking, I found that it was actually starting to focus, not really focus, but starting to... Those blockage areas were really revealing itself. Were really mm, showing. Like the stiffness in your body. The stiffness the, in the body. All the blocks, yeah. Yeah, then you can start to become, holy shit, all of this is here. But as I just allowed it to be without judgment and just walk, it was actually healing those areas. Oh, shit. Because our bodies have a natural healing mechanism. Yeah, they heal themselves. Exactly. They heal themselves. We're self-healing machines, that, and that's the miracle. The thing that stops it is up here mm, because we want to control everything. When you start to control, then it's very... But as you kind of just start to relax and let go, then your body already knows how to move, how it wants to, how it's supposed to. And that's kind of like the overall philosophy like of Buddhism and, or meditation, whatever you want to call it, is just letting go and just be. Letting go of all perceived notions like there is nothing like they say in Buddhism there is just being you know like we are here just to I always think and try to remind myself of this is